my privilege now to open the Bible and to read Psalm 62. Psalm 62 is um, just a beautiful declaration of trust, and it's also the psalm in which the Gems theme verse is found. So um, we'll be just reflecting more deeply on, on that together now. Allow God to speak to you this morning through the Bible. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down, this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be, I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take bride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Dear gems, dear counselors, dear friends of Jesus Christ, what makes someone unshakable? What enables someone to stand firm amidst the difficulties and all the pressures of life? I was thinking uh, this past week about uh, some of my favorite Bible characters who um, display this unshakable character. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three Jewish men living in Babylon and working for the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they worked hard for the king. They did all he said to do with one exception. They refused to bow down and worship the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had made. This made the king very upset, and so he issued a decree, and he declared that all people had to worship the statue and that anyone who refused would be thrown into the fiery furnace. Well, the decree went out, but still Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down. And so they were arrested, and they were brought before the furnace and given one last chance, worship the statue or else. But they responded with this. I just love, love their words to the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And we will, and, and he will deliver us from your ma- uh, majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Unshakable before the furnace. 
Our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, still we will not bow down to your gods. Another character I thought of as I was thinking about unshakable, this theme, was a woman named Esther. Have you heard about Esther? She, was, she won a beauty contest, in, in a way, and was made the queen of Persia. Her husband, King Xerxes, was a fickle man, not such a good king. And one day, having been influenced by one of his advisors, King Xerxes issued a decree that all the Jews in his kingdom should be put to death. Well, Mordecai, Esther's uncle, caught wind of this decree and he would pleaded with Esther, a Jewish woman, to step in and to do something. Esther knew that she was in a position of influence, uh, to, to influence the king, but she also knew that going before the king unbidden was a very dangerous thing to do, and it could get her killed. So what was Esther to do? Scared, but not shaken, Esther hatched a plan to influence the king and protect God's people. She got all dressed up, and she had her servants create a rich feast. Then she approached the king and said, uh, Xerxes, and then the, the king was very happy to see her and said to Esther, what is your request? Whatever it is, I will grant it. And Esther said, well, come to dinner. And for the next two days, Esther softened the king with food and drink and got him ready to hear her request. And when the time was right, she courageously made her plea. If I have found favor with you, you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life, this is my petition, and spare my people, this is my request, for I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. The king granted Esther's courageous request, and God's people were spared. All four of these characters, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Esther, they were courageous. They were unshakable in a very difficult situation. I wonder what enabled them to stand firm. I wonder who enabled them to stand firm. The Bible doesn't tell us what these characters were saying to themselves as they took their stand before the king, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had Psalm 62 on their lips. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. It's likely that King David wrote these words. David was the youngest son of Jesse, and he was the humble man that God chose to replace that crooked king Saul. And at a young age, David stepped up courageously to face Goliath. And not long after that, he had to take refuge in caves to avoid the wrath of a jealous King Saul. I imagine him penning these verses while hiding out in some desolate place. My soul find rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. I will not be shaken. This psalm, Psalm 62, is a, it's a declaration of trust in the midst of trial. The psalmist is choosing to stand firm on God, the rock that cannot be moved. On his own, David knows that he's very weak. He feels like a leaning wall or an old rotting fence, 
on his own, he feels very shakable, very vulnerable. But he also knows and rests in this greater reality that he stands upon one who is neither vulnerable nor shakable. The Lord is my rock and my salvation. Upon him I will not be shaken. Twice in the psalm, David takes his stand upon the Lord and and, uh, bears witness to his faith. In verses 1 and 2, he makes his profession. And in verses 5 through 8, he repeats it, except this time, Instead of simply declaring his faith, faith, David coaches himself to put that faith into practice. Notice the subtle difference between uh, these two, um, the repetition here. Verse 1 and 2 is, starts like this. My soul finds rest in God alone. But verse 5 uh, starts like this. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. Verse 1 is a statement of fact. And verse 5 is a little bit of like a a command to self. David is coaching himself to to put into practice his faith. And I don't know about you, but I can totally relate to what David is doing here. Here's the thing. I can believe in my heart and testify with my mouth that I am someone in whom the risen Jesus dwells and I am a member of his unshakable kingdom. That's my statement of faith. That is what I believe. But sometimes when the going gets tough and I feel like a leaning wall or a tottering fence, I need a little help to remember who I am and upon whom I stand. And so I talk to myself. I coach myself. I say, David, remember who you belong to. David, remember that you are someone in whom the risen Jesus dwells. David, remember that you are a member of the unshakable kingdom of God. So yes, your pastor sometimes talks to himself. <laughs> I'm in my office too much alone. You know, people got to come visit me. I'm just talking to myself all day long. But I don't think it's that crazy to sometimes speak the gospel, speak the truth of God's word aloud to yourself to own your profession of faith, to say the truth to yourself. And it's not just important to say that to yourself, but also to be part of a community that does that corporately together. I come to church on Sunday mornings, of course, because I work here and I need to, but I also come because I need to hear the message week after week after week, which I am prone to forget We heard some of the words that were spoken aloud already this morning. David, you are forgiven. David, you are loved. David, you are someone in whom the risen Jesus dwells. David, you are a part of his kingdom. You're a world changer. I think um, it's just important we coach ourselves in a way, or remind ourselves back onto the rock, because frankly, things happen in our lives, at home, at work, in the world that, that shake us. I'm sure the same is true, not just for me, but also for you. So we need to encourage one another onto the rock. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. He is my rock, my fortress. I will never be shaken. Now there is power, of course, in this positive thinking and messaging preaching the gospel to ourselves. But really, this only works if the message is indeed true. 
is God really good? Is God really strong? Does God really love us? David wonders the same thing, but then he calls to mind the truths about God that have been revealed to him through history. He writes, One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O Lord, are loving. Here David is reaching deep, past his own limited experience, and into the deep experience of God's people. A long time ago, God revealed himself to a man named Abraham and said to him, Abraham, I will be your God, and you and your descendants will be my people. A long time ago, the Lord protected a man, a a baby named Moses, in a wicker basket in the Nile. And when Moses was old and grew up, the Lord came to him in a burning bush, and he said, I've seen the suffering of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries and I have come down to deliver. God saved Israel from Egypt. He proved his power. He proved his love through the plagues and the crossing of the sea. The Lord was a fortress for his people in the wilderness, a rock. And then he led them to a land flowing with milk and honey. So all this David is calling to mind. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O God, are loving. And God had proved himself in David's life too, of course. The Lord protected David in his battle against Goliath. He was a fortress for David when David was on the run from Saul. So David's declaration of trust is not just wishful thinking. It's rooted in generations of God's faithful covenant love shown throughout history and also in his personal experience of God's protection and care. And of course, God's strength and covenant love is not only on display in the Old Testament, but it's also on display in the New Testament too. And nowhere do we see proof of God's strength and love more clearly than in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus experienced the worst kind of suffering and trials. He was abandoned by his friends. He was judged unfairly in a bogus trial. And no, uh, and and the Roman officials they they stripped him of his clothes and they put this crown of thorns and pressed it into his head. Ha! They said he thinks he's king of the Jews. Talk about being shaken. And he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, we read, he felt like a tottering fence. He sweated drops uh, 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 drops of blood. But though he was afraid, still he took refuge. In the Lord, my soul finds rest in God alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will never be shaken. For a few days, it looked as though God was not strong enough or loving enough to rescue his beloved son from the cross and the grave. It looked as though those who delight in lies had gotten away with murder. But then suddenly there was vindication, salvation, resurrection. There's a lot that we can say about the resurrection of Jesus, but one thing that needs to be said about it today is that it does fundamentally prove that God is loving and that God is strong, strong enough to conquer death and loving enough to do it, strong enough to to conquer sin 
and loving enough to share it with all who come to Christ in faith. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. So here's the thing about life, girls. I want to talk to you for just a moment. It won't always be easy, like it wasn't for the psalmist. Hard days are going to come, and maybe even hard years. Maybe some hard stuff has been happening for you right now, at home or at school, and you're, you're feeling a little shaken. Life shakes us all. And I cannot offer you or anyone here this morning a pass on suffering. But what I can share is that there is an unmovable rock and a sure foundation in this world of change. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. And he did that for you. And Jesus has a promise that he shares with his disciples and all of us in the Gospels. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. And it strikes me that too often we go looking for rest and security for a rock in the wrong places. And sometimes we think, maybe if I can just become friends with her, then my troubles will be all over. Or maybe if he takes an interest in me, then I'll feel at rest and secure. When life is shaky, we look for something to grab onto, relationships, money, power. But while relationships, money, and power do provide a certain amount of security, they can't give us the deep rest that our souls truly desire. And sometimes these things can backfire on us too because friends can leave us and boys can be mean and money has a way of causing just as many problems as it solves. And in the end... Only God can anchor the soul and provide the rest and security that we so desire. Only God can conquer death. Find rest, O oh my soul, in God alone. As I was thinking about unshakable people this week in the Bible, I was also uh, reminded by Brittany of another unshakable person named Elizabeth Elliot. From a very young age, Elizabeth felt called to serve God. And after she married a man named Jim, she moved with him to Ecuador. They started a family, and they also started in, 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 in uh, ministry together, trying to reach uh, remote tribal groups in, the, in, in Ecuador. One day, Jim and four of his missionary partners were speared to death by men from the Huarani tribe, leaving Elizabeth a widow and their 10-month-old daughter without a father. This was obviously a heartbreaking season in Elizabeth's life. She was definitely shaken by all that had taken place. But taking her stand upon Jesus, she did not topple. In fact, in a moment of very bold courage, I think, she called her family in America and said that she had decided to stay in Ecuador to continue with the mission. In time, a way was made for Elizabeth to connect more with the Huarani tribe. 
And after making a few relationships with the people there, they allowed her to come and live with them. And she did. And she learned their language and she bore witness to the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ in that community. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. Dear gems, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the risen Jesus is looking down upon us now. He's interceding for us, smiling upon us, and one day when the time is right, he will return for us. That is our rock, a fortress. Upon Off of that, we cannot be shaken. In this world, there will be trouble, said Jesus, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. In him, with him, upon him, you are unshakable. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you today for the witness of people who have gone before us, for the Holy Spirit who inspired writers to write these words down and to share the truth with us. We thank you for our hope, the sure foundation that's not in ourselves, not in anything else, but in you alone, O Lord God. Lord, as the winds blow and as the earth shakes beneath us, and as we have to battle with suffering and disease and sin and war, Lord, there is trouble in this world. Together, Lord, help us to encourage ourselves and one another to take shelter in the fortress of Jesus Christ and, too, to stand firm upon that rock. And, Lord, we pray, too, that together we could be world-changing in our ability to stand firm on your truth in Christ. Thank you for these girls, these gems, these counselors. We give thanks for them once again, and we pray that this message would take shape deeper and deeper into their lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.